today on CityCast Philly. Our city is known for the Rocky statue, the Liberty Bell, and cheesesteaks. But we also have Filbert the Pig and a bunch of other unexpected attractions. I'm talking to the co-founder of Atlas Obscura, a website devoted to finding the most remarkable places around the world, about what he recommends in Philly. It's Wednesday, July 5th. I'm Trinina Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Dylan Thuris, you're the co-founder of Atlas Obscura. You're not from Philly, right? I, you know, I spent five years there. I was a kid, but from five to ten, my mom was going to Temple University, and okay. so I, I was in Germantown for that part of my life. So I have like a, a long-standing love and connection to the city. That's so funny. My mom went to Temple when I was five. Hey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, 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 which program was it? <laughs> uh, political science. I think my mom was there for political okay. science, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my mom was there for physical cool. therapy, so a different, yeah, different probably program. separate separate um, buildings. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we get started, like I want to know what's the most random place you would recommend for someone to visit in Philly? So it's a tough question because there are so many good amazing, unique spots in in Philly. The one I'm going to recommend is one that I think even a lot of folks who live or grew up in Philadelphia have maybe never been to. It's called the Wagner Free Institute. Have you ever been to the Wagner? I've heard of it. I've never been, though. I I think this is true for a lot of people because it's just like it's not one of the major institutions. It's kind of weird. It's actually not that far from Temple's campus. It is a natural history museum that effectively got frozen in time in like the 1860s and gets this incredible collection of displays and these glass cases. I mean, it's very kind of old world natural history museum. And then within within the museum, there are some exhibits that are just really interesting because of when it was frozen in time. There's an exhibit of uh, like a kangaroo and other marsupials. And it's basically like there's like a big question mark because they don't know where any of these fit into the the sort of tree of life. So that's, that's just a great, it's a great Philadelphia spot. It's got dinosaur bones collected by Cope and Marsh, who are like two early paleontologists who fought with each other. They were bitter rivals and went around the country finding all the many of the dinosaurs we know today, pterodactyls, stegosaurus. Uh, It's, it's just a, if, if you're interested in that kind of history, there's not a lot of other places like it. So on Atlas Obscure, you have something, it's 68 places to visit in Philly. I'm just curious, even though you had a you know, short time in, in our city growing up, but like, how did you know where to start when making this type of list? So ever since we started Atlas, it is it has worked the same way, which is that people make suggestions to us. Often locals make suggestions to us. Okay, so it's like community involvement. Yep, and then we have editors who review those, fact check them, make sure we've got it all right. But you know, a, a, the the sort of place suggestions are generally yeah coming from either travelers or locals in a place saying, you know, there's this place that's incredible in my city in my neighborhood. And like almost nobody knows about it. And so that's where that's where all those 68 places came from. All right, Dylan, let's travel through Philly. 
right. Dylan, if you had 12 hours in Philly, where would you go? I recently visited a friend who lived in Philly for years. He's since moved. But um, he took me on a kind of series of, of adventures that like, I guess I would recommend as well. We went to, first we went to an Ethiopian restaurant called Abyssinia. And and then, you know, the thing that's so incredible about Philadelphia that I think New York kind of pretends to have but doesn't really have anymore is Philly has like a huge underground music scene. Like really for real, you can find a great basement show. So like go to a basement show or go to the first Unitarian church and see a show there. Like there's all these interesting DIY kind of venues I would recommend doing that. And then if you want to chill out, maybe it's like the next day. Speaking of like cool churches in Philadelphia, there is a Quaker church. I believe it's called Chestnut Hill. Yeah, it's it's called the Chestnut Hill Friends Meeting House. And they have something called James Terrell's uh, Sky Space in Chestnut Hill. It's this this beautiful art exhibit, um, basically kind of like a... Uh, a little square of of light on the ceiling and you go and it's just this like beautiful, very meditative experience. Um, those are all things that come to mind. I mean, there's so many things I could recommend. Some of them are more well-known or more popular, like the Eastern State Penitentiary. Like you're just not going to go wrong with a visit there. Right. You're not going to go wrong with a visit to the Muter Museum, in, in my opinion. I, and I know it's not for everybody, but I still would recommend it to anyone who's like first time in Philly. Uh, Bartram Gardens is is another incredible space. Like, there's a lot. Now, on the top of the show, I did mention a pig, Filbert. <laughs> Who is he? Well, that's that's the most famous pig in Philadelphia, right there. That is. Um, oh, I thought we were known for groundhogs. <laughs> uh, not anymore. <laughs> now you're known for pigs. Filbert is a 225 pound bronze pig statue at the center of Reading Terminal Market. And he's really actually famous kind of worldwide. And you like put little coins in its mouth and then it kind of like poops them out into like a big big money (laughs) pile, which I, it's like weird if you think about it, but that's how it works. Um, You know, people will say like, meet me at the pig and people will know what, what that means. But what's funny, the reason I say it's it's like maybe you really are known internationally for for Filbert is Philadelphia became one of the first officially registered destinations on WeChat, which is really popular Chinese tourists. And it was the year of the pig. And like somehow this pig became like well known. So people started like traveling straight up just to visit Filbert the pig. So it's it's definitely it's a storied a storied swine. And I love that his name is Filbert because Filbert Street is right around that area of the city. So I guess I guess it works. Now, Dylan, you mentioned some like classic Philly history. What's some other, you know, Philly history you would suggest we go look at? There is a, a place or an object in the Philadelphia Public Library, the main downtown branch. That is just incredible if you're interested in history. There's a, a taxidermied raven called Grip, Grip the Raven. It's in the rare books room of the library, and it was Charles Dickinson's pet raven. Ooh, okay. And like quite literally, like he kept it as a pet. He taught it to talk, and 
he uh, eventually he wrote a book called Barnaby Rudge, which is one of his like less known stories. But he he wrote this book, Barnaby Rudge, that featured this talking raven in it, modeled after his pet, Grip. And then that book was reviewed by a young literary reviewer named Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. You know, in his review, he writes, the croaking might have been prophetically heard in the course of the drama. Like he felt like Dickens hadn't used this raven to good effect. And then he published The Raven, not that long after that. And then eventually the grip the raven dies. He ends up in the Philadelphia Library collection. And so this raven was the inspiration for multiple famous novelists material. So I think that's like a great piece of Philly history uh, that you can still go and, and check out and visit. Okay, what's something that's not from Philly, but it's in Philly? Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, one of my favorites. I'm going to go okay. to the muter for this. Slices of Einstein's brain, not from Philly, <laughs> but in Philly. Yeah, uh, you know, like you're not. It's nowhere else you're gonna go. That's the, that's the only place they are. Um, now tell folks like what the Muter Museum has in its collections. The Muter Museum is America's greatest medical museum. There's there's really only two. There's the Muter, really only two good ones. There's the Muter Muter Museum in Philadelphia, and then the National Medical Museum in DC. But the Muter to me is just, it's its the best medical museum in the country because it's got collections spanning a couple hundred years. It is, you know, historically was a, a medical school. And in the collection are things like huge collections of skulls that were, were collected by like someone doing craniology at the time. There are... You know, whole skeletons articulated in the collection. Um, and folks can actually donate their bodies to the museum when they pass on. That's right. That's right. The The director of the museum uh, famously donated her body wow. to the museum when she passed away. And um, and so they've just got, you know, they've got all kinds of different interesting medical collections. You know, I will warn people that if they're really squeamish like they may find it a little intense um but i i just think it's it's fascinating there's a little set of drawers where you pull out the drawers and it's doctors collections of like things that people have have accidentally swallowed you know and it's oh, just wow. like oh okay like dice and paper clips and like all the you know it's it's just it's a really special place. There's not a lot like it. And and um, they ended up with slices of Einstein's brain. When Einstein died, he, the doctor doing the uh, postmortem, the autopsy, like effectively stole his brain. Yikes. That's like unethical in so many ways. It's not super ethical. Not super ethical. This is in the mid-50s. And... Um, and then eventually sort of hung on to the brain. And and uh, I don't know exactly when it got put into slices, but um, some of those pieces ended up uh, finally as basically slide slices uh, in, in the Muter's collection. Okay, Dylan, I love to take pictures. Where should I go that's super photogenic? I, I mean, 
Again, none of these are going to be a big surprise to people who live in Philadelphia, but Eastern State Penitentiary is just one of the most photogenic places you'll ever go. It's so spooky. It's so textured because, you know, it's this giant prison that was basically left as a, a ruin. It was left in its kind of dilapidated state, just made sure it wasn't going to collapse on anybody. And they do tons and tons of tours every day. They do a big Halloween haunted house there, which is like genuinely so scary. But it's just a great place to take photos. And I, I think Magic Gardens is also like an amazing place to take photos in the city. Those are like, you know, there's more kind of tucked away, obscure locations. But I think uh, those are good ones. Also, if you like if you like graffiti, you know, you might head down to like Pier 18, uh, go during the day, not at night. And there's like, you know, usually there's some really big graffiti pieces down there that are that are pretty spectacular. Um, so there's a lot. There's just a lot like what the Masonic Temple in in yes, down in, is, in Philadelphia is is and it's so crazy looking inside. It's so big and beautiful and opulent and ornate. And if you've never taken the time to actually do the tour, like it's it's worthwhile. That's definitely something on my list. Now, Dylan, I'm curious. Back in October, we talked with a reporter who who brought up that some people actually have issues with visiting former mental institutions, hospitals, or prisons mm. where folks you know, dealt with solitary confinement or places where there was lots of trauma. Yeah. What's your take on that? You know, how should we remember that history and also visit those former institutions and buildings with respect? Yeah, I mean, I I tend to to feel that there is like something like Eastern State Penitentiary, which was originally built as a kind of reform prison. It was meant to be more humane than the prisons of the time, but took a solitary confinement approach to prison. Like, like that's why it's a, a penitentiary. It was a place to be penitent. It ended up driving people crazy. It was terrible. It was completely punishing. And then all through its period, it just got overcrowded. And so there's a lot of bad history at a place like Eastern State Penitentiary or even the Muter Museum. There's plenty of bad history in the medical practices of of America. You know, I tend to think that understanding that and coming to those places with real context, and both of those are, are places that really deal with their history, that really examine the history, that for really sure. get into it and don't gloss over it. And so I, for, I, sure. for me, I think there's a lot of a lot of value in that. But I also understand, you know, everyone's got to, everyone has their own um, reaction. Maybe interpretation of it. Yeah, reaction to that kind of history, reaction to places that hold that kind of like deep, deep trauma, deep pain. Um, and I think, you know, that's a personal question, whether whether it, you want to engage with that or not, I think is like really up to an, an individual. For sure. And this is just like a sidebar. We recently talked about the Mutter Museum. They actually took down some of their online exhibits because the institution began to have some of those like conversations like, are we doing this in the right way? So it's yeah. definitely, you know, top of mind for people. All right. Before I let you go, any place, you know, that you could recommend for someone who loves the great outdoors, where should we go? I'm a big fan of Bartram's Gardens. It's such a beautiful place. Again, it goes back 
to the 17th. I mean, that's the this is the thing about Philadelphia. The history is so, so, so deep. It's so long. And it's it's all there. Like so much of it was preserved and and managed to not be just paved over. And so Bartram's Gardens is this famous botanic garden started in the 1700s. It is still like a beautiful outside space today. You can go and just kind of hang out on the property. It's a National Historic Landmark. The house is still there. It's got the oldest ginkgo tree on the entire North American continent. So you can go check that out. Uh, it's the right time, the right season. It'll smell terrible. <laughs> it's just a great, it's just a great place. So I, I recommend that as a kind of outdoor spot for sure. Dylan Theris, co-founder of Atlas Obscura. Thank you so much for telling me about all these places in the city that I actually have never visited yet. And I plan to. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And and uh, you're lucky. You live in, in one of the truly most interesting cities in the world. It's just such an incredible place. We'll have a link to Atlas Obscura's full list of places to explore in Philly in our show notes. all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about some of the unexpected attractions in Philly, tell your best friends so you all can explore. And while you're making your way to see Philbert the Pig, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back with a really interesting episode about another rare find in Philly. Got to tune in tomorrow morning with that story and more news from around the city. Bye.